Well, and I think so often we get really clouded by watching what everyone else is doing, especially seeing when they're at year two or four or eight and being like, oh gosh, I'm never going to get there. And it's like, well, no, if you don't start, you won't. But your tomorrow is not going to look like where they're at because they've got they've got years. But that doesn't mean that what you have to offer isn't valid and that you can't just jump in. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi friends, welcome back to Gather and Growth. Today I am so excited to be joined by my friends Natalie and Tara. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank so much you for having us. Having us. <laughs> This is actually not the first time I've interviewed two people at once, but it's always a a different dynamic, but I'm just thrilled to have you both here today. So for a bit of context, I guess, to explain even how I uh, know each of you, last summer, which feels like 800 years ago, I actually went to Natalie's. It does feel like 800 (laughs) years ago. Wow. It feels like an entirely different lifetime ago. I actually went to Natalie's Rural Rooted Retreat and Tara was one of our coaches And both of them were a huge part of the journey that I'm on now. I joined Tara in the club of people who quit their job the day after Rural Rooted. (laughs) So this conversation's been a long time coming. But if someone is just now getting to know each of you, I would love if you could give us some backstory on who you are, what you do, and how you got to today. Yeah, so it's kind of been a journey, and there's definitely some different facets of our journey. But I guess it would have been... 2021, which again feels like a thousand years ago. So long ago. In August of 2021, Natalie and I kind of came together with our idea for Elevate Ag and really wanting to help producers understand producers, farmers, ranchers, um, how to share their story. And so we, you know, created Elevate Your Ag Story as an online course and community where you're able to learn all the facets of sharing, social sharing online. And then in February of this year was when we started realizing we wanted to have a podcast. Um, And so I'll let Natalie maybe jump in there from February. Yeah, I mean, our podcast has grown with us. (laughs) If there's any evidence of looking back at it, you know, as I mentioned, we kind of, we'd been sharing individually in the, you know, online space, our ranching and family stories for a while. We were kind of like veterans at that and kind of, I guess, like maybe looking for something new to do. And that's when we came together and like, oh, we could do this course. And I felt like, you know, pairing off of what you said, Emily, I had been hosting those retreats and I love Rural Rooted. They're amazing. If anyone can ever get in the room with like-minded women, which Emily, I know you will test to, um, especially <laughs> with your retreats. I know you, it's something you believe really, really, you know, strongly in is just, there's just power in that. There's power in, you know, investing in yourself. There's power in the knowledge you receive in them and there's power in the community and relationships, but not everyone can go, you know, not everyone can afford it. Not everyone wants to leave. Not everyone is brave enough to do it. And so I just felt like I knew the good rural rooted could do. 
And it felt really right for me to like maybe make that in a more accessible space. You know, Elevate and Rural Rooted are very different, but they're also the same, right? At their core, they're giving, you know, Elevate gives it to producers. My, you know, Rural Rooted was a little bit more targeted at women. And so I don't know, it felt right to come together and do that. And so we started kind of in that education space that, you know, we paired our podcast to kind of align with Elevate Ag. But if you listen to uh, our podcast, Discover Ag Now, you know that that's not what we do anymore, Tara. And I have always been into like advocating pretty strongly for our respective industries, Tara for dairy and beef for beef. Um, And we found that that's, I think, how we wanted to use our voice more strongly on the podcast platform was really to have more discussions about agriculture in like a fun, modern, you know, hip women way. And so that's really what we do. We pair personalities with, you know, the agriculture space on the podcast platform. Yeah, which you both do, I feel like so impeccably. So (laughs) in a way that just feels (laughs) so effortless and graceful. And I know that it is not effortless. I know it comes with a lot. Well, and I think, you know, obviously we can see where you're at now and with this really clear vision and with what you're doing, and obviously you're constantly changing and moving forward. But what I think is always really interesting to hear is like how women who are doing what they're doing now got to today. So I'd like to invite each of you to go as far back as you want, but really like what did the trajectory of your life and career look like to get you onto the operations that you're on from an agriculture perspective, but also professionally how you went from what you originally set out to do in college to now what you are completely crushing it online? Okay. Well, everyone settle in because <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I grew up in agriculture, but I, and I am very open about this. I never thought I'd remain in it. I never thought I'd marry a rancher. I just really didn't envision my life in it. I have three older sisters. Two of them were on my family ranch and I got my degree in pharmacy and that's what I was doing. You know, I lived close to our family ranch, but I was a pharmacist by all means, like a full-time job, lived in a bigger city near the family ranch. And that's what I thought I would do. So to tell that, like, you know, Natalie, five, six years ago, that this is, you know, the Natalie I would be, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. say I would never believe it. Be- but I, I would be like, wow, I am excited to see how this happens in six years. Yeah. So I, my husband is obviously um, a rancher. And when we got, when we married, uh, I, that's how I kind of came full circle back to a ranch. And you know, my social media story is really, I guess, kind of what kicked off where I am now. And so for anyone who's listening, that's like, you know, interested in the social media space, but they don't really know what that looks like for them. I just don't worry about that because the way I started on social media is not what I'm doing now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I started with the direct to consumer beef company and I did that for a couple of years. And that's where I, I always say it's where I honed like my social media skills. And I really saw the potential with social media. So it's okay if you don't know, you know, like, we were talking about before we recorded, Emily, it's just like there's ebbs and flows and you're going to grow online and you're going to grow as a person offline. And sometimes those meld together and like, you Mm -hmm. you know, the new you and not real life, but offline life um, sometimes shows up in a different way online. And so I just, yeah, I, and there's a ton to fill in there. It's, it's not super interesting, but you know, I, I started on social media in one way and I have now grown to what we're doing now. And if you are looking at what we're doing now and want to get here, it's like, you got to start somewhere. So just start with, you know, where you can start at and whatever small thing that looks like, because I guarantee you it will snowball into something bigger for you. That's so true. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to like figure out what our thing is and do the right thing and make the right choice. When in reality, even if you just look at rural rooted to now, like 
how what I was talking about then online compared to now what I'm, you know, podcasting and sharing about, like, it's been such an evolution. So I love that. What about you, Tara? Yeah. And one thing on that too, is sometimes with sharing, you don't even know how you like to show up or what you like to do until you've gone out and tried it. So sometimes it's just simply saying yes to things and kind of figuring out like, oh, I really love this or, you know, that's not my favorite, like no matter what that is. And so just being open to that. Um, So for me, I know I started at the very beginning of this conversation saying Natalie and I got together in August 2021. (laughs) And obviously there was like years and years before that. So for me, I grew up on a dairy farm in eastern New Mexico, my parents' family dairy farm. And I left the dairy farm to go to college. Didn't really think I would come back. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do. I was one of those kids that changed my major like nine times. And, yeah, my parents were like, I don't care how many times you change it, but you have to graduate in four years. <laughs> so, it's like, okay. um, so I ended up getting my degree in environmental science and obviously met my husband, started dating and moved back to my kind of like hometown area to dairy farm with him and his family. And it ended up just being a really natural fit for me to start doing dairy environmental consulting for dairy farms throughout New Mexico. And you know, pairing it with my online story is just, I was seeing so much misinformation about dairy and sustainability and the impact on the environment compared to what I was actually seeing when I was helping these farms and these dairies, you know, with Mm -hmm. their sustainability initiatives and their sustainability projects. And so I just kind of started sharing about like what I was seeing, what the everyday life, you know, what dairy farms were doing to be more sustainable. And then that's obviously evolved and changed. And while my core mission, I think, has stayed the same, how I've been able to show up and the opportunities that have presented themselves have um, just taken me places I never could have guessed. Something Natalie and I always talk about is one of the things about social sharing is you literally never know what email, DM, conversation you're going to have, who you're going to meet from day to day. Like it's just a really cool evolution to see your business grow and and how you want to show up, change and evolve. Yeah. And how having that kind of space allows just an opportunity in itself. Like there's been books that I've read to be like, you know what? I really love that book. What if I just had the authors on the podcast? And then they said yes, because it's like, you have a, like, who am I to have this conversation with this person? That's so freaking cool. But also who are you? Like, why not you? You know, yeah. why not you to be able to have that and share that message out? And I think that's like the cool thing about social sharing is like, mm-hmm you, I don't know, you get to like, kind of like write your own story. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of history going up until August of last year, but when you think back a little over a year ago to now, what have been some maybe lessons that you learned or things that have surprised you from that moment where you were like, Hey, I have this idea. You have this idea. We have this idea together. Let's jump in to now what it's transformed into over the course of past year and some change. So I, I'll start. I feel like I'm always shocked at where we like agree on things or things that have come up, how much we've been like, I was thinking the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I think about, you know, um, when we decided to launch our podcast, Natalie called me and was like, I don't even want to say this out loud. I haven't said it to Luke. I, and I was like, I have something big I want to say too. And I don't remember which one of us said it first, but one of us was like, we need to start a podcast. And I was like, oh my God, that was what I was going to say. And like, it was just like, and while we are very like different people, we bring different ideas. It's been amazing to see how we've been able to mesh those into like really similar, like 
trains of thoughts, tracks, like ambitions um, from the podcast to we haven't mentioned that we've been working on a docuseries. That was similar. Like uh, we had a little bit different visions for the docuseries, but we were like, we both were like, they're too similar to not meld them together and work on this together. Um, And so I think that's been one of the really incredible things I've loved about the last year and a half. Yeah, I do think there, and maybe I just haven't been exposed to it. Maybe the narrative is out there, but I think for people that like have partners um, in their businesses, there needs to be more conversation about like how you have successful partnerships because it really is a lot like to have, you know, going into a business with someone and then making it work, whether it's at like the day to day or like the big scheme grand picture thing. And so it has been really enjoyable, you know, to build a business alongside Tara and, you know, as a partnership, because I had built stuff, you know, solo before and so had she. And so I think I don't want to say we were like nervous going into business together, but there's definitely people in my life who are like, are you sure you want to like you're doing, you know, you've got things going for yourself. Are you sure you want to? And we're like, as I, I just knew, I just felt I could feel like what we saw together and what we could do together, like balance each other. And so I don't know if you want to have more conversation around like what it is, how to do business together. Cause I do yeah. think like, I don't want to make it sound easy, but I do think Tara and I somehow have this like flow and balance that like really works for us. And looking back, I think what shocks me the most is how much we've been able to get done because we do balance each other and like, mm-hmm. um, kind of bring different things to the table. Yeah, no, I actually would love to talk about that some more, just even what your process looks like on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Like, how are you dividing things up? What are you outsourcing? Um, How do you handle conflict maybe isn't the right word, but when you do disagree, like, how do you work through that? What does what does this all look like from your end? My husband teases me that Natalie and I have built our entire business through voice (laughs) memos on our phones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which, there's a lot of we we I will say there's one thing I mean because I live in New Mexico I don't know if we've kind of ex- said that and Natalie obviously is in Nebraska so we are literally like hundreds if not a thousand miles apart and we are in constant communication I will say communication is probably the foundation of our business partnership is communicating on all sorts of things um, and then the other thing I would say is letting the other person's like strengths shine like there is things I just know Natalie does better Natalie is an amazing at crafting emails and like our pitches and it's just like sure you do that like I don't need to double check it this morning I was thinking I was filling out like our tax stuff and I was thinking to myself I bet Natalie doesn't even like she probably doesn't even know I'm doing this because <laughs> but like there's things we don't double check each other on or like question so while there's tons of communication about really important things there's also things that each of us just takes and runs with and gets it done and we really lean into our strengths there on that yeah that Tyra kind of said what is like usually my biggest advice for people going into business together is like don't go into business with someone you feel like you need to micromanage and if you are a micromanager you're gonna have to really curb yourself um from that I feel like partnerships are about finding someone who is a little bit like you I think that's one of the things that Tara and I have going is that we do operate the same so we're both threes I know um Emily you're also a three and so I think we understand each other and the fact that like we'll run with an idea really, really fast. We're not waiting on each other to approve it. We're both okay. Like cannonballing in instead of like sitting on the water and (laughs) assessing the waves, you know, both of them are like, okay, three, two, one jump. And I think, you know, having those similarities are important because if I had all these ideas and was waiting on Tara, I'd be frustrated. Or if she wanted to micro analyze the situation or, you know, some of those things. So I'm really happy that we have like kind of like core characteristics that are the same which I think is important to find someone who, again, like, 
you can't be the same person mm-hmm. because you need to go into business, like Tara said, with someone that has strengths that you don't have. And so I, you have to find these similarities, but the differences and then let, like Tara said, those strikes shine. So I don't handle any of the money, any, some of the stuff, like Tara is very much like taking care of the billing and the invoices and a lot of like the back end stuff. And I, we just have different roles and we've never really fought over roles. We're like, sure. Yeah, I'll do that one. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that one. Um, and that probably goes back to our three too. Like productivity is just so important. So it's like mm-hmm. whoever needs to get it done, will get it done. So I think for me, I always give business advice for duos about finding someone that's somewhat similar to you, but like appreciating, allowing their strengths to come through and not micromanaging them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if- I would say, oh, go ahead, Emily. Oh, I was just going to say, if you do all the billing and back ends, like I need a Tara, like let me. <laughs> you I cannot have like, my business partner, Emily. She is not up for sale. <laughs> I would so, I love, like it does not bother me to do that stuff. Like there's such, such, such funny back end things that Natalie's like, I don't, just don't even tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to have to deal with that. And I'm like, that's fine. And, and then there, that goes vice, you know, both ways. I would mm-hmm. say like, I don't, as far as dealing with conflict, because I feel like that was the second part of your question. I. I don't know that we've had, I don't think we've had like a big argument or fight, but there's little things every day that we don't ag- or have differences of opinion. And a lot of times I feel like what we've done is like, okay, you share, why do you feel the way you feel? Like how, how strongly do you feel about something? And sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'm actually just not feeling super strongly one way or another. So if you feel differently than me and you feel super strongly about it, we can go in that direction or like vice versa. Like, and so just kind of weighing, why are you feeling the way you're feeling and how strongly do you feel that? Like, is your gut really telling you like, this is the direction we need to go? And I feel like just being like, kind of just diplomatic about it in that way that there's not really a lot of emotions. Like, it's not that I think Natalie's wrong or she thinks I'm wrong. It's like, no, I just feel really convicted in this decision. And I feel like both of us then have been able to be like swayed in one way or another and like come to some kind of resolution. Hey friend, just because you're good at what you do and worked so hard to get where you are today doesn't mean you can't do something different. Something that truly lights up your heart in this next chapter of your life. I know how scary it can be to ditch the roles you've always had and step into the unknown of what's to come. I've been there. But what if you had the space and support you've been missing to ask yourself the hard questions and figure out what you really want. Can you even imagine having such laser focused clarity on your priorities that everyone else's opinion doesn't matter because you feel so grounded and good about where you're going? What if you had unwavering trust and confidence in yourself and a tight knit community of rural women like you who are doing the work too? How would it feel to have an action plan that you feel so excited to follow and work toward every day because it's not leading you towards someone else's version of success? It's yours. It's not only possible, it's real. This was created for you. My upcoming Ascend Retreat was created to help bring your dreams, big and small, to life. Join us March 16th through 19th in Branson, Missouri for a weekend that will truly change your life forever. Head to emilyrushell.com slash retreats or the link in today's show notes to learn more and secure your spot for this one-of-a-kind experience, especially curated for you. Right before we started recording, I was talking about just how entrepreneurship brings up so... I just feel like it's the 
most forceful form of personal growth. Like you have to confront Mm -hmm. so many parts of yourself, maybe insecurities or whatever it may be. And I'd be interested with both of you uh, being entrepreneurs before and now as a partnership, do you feel like together, like you help work each other through that? Does it bring more insecurities or whatnot out? Or do you really like hype each other up through that? I have one thing I'll say about that. I know Natalie's chatting in the bit, but this just came up this week. I'm a terrible people pleaser. And Natalie is so good about being like, reminding me to be like, that's not like, do you really want that? Like, are we really like, what is going on? Like, how do you actually feel? And I feel like so in that way, I feel like you're definitely like my like check in person. That's like mm-hmm. checks in with me. That's like, don't just do that because you want to like, because you're people pleasing to it because you actually want to. And so I think that's really helpful in making sure I don't like slip into bad habits kind of of just like people pleasing. Mm-hmm. I think our, I don't know if this is a direct answer to your question, but I, I feel like kind of, um, I feel like our partnership works and doesn't bring out insecurities or some of those, you know, things you're talking about, like the core personal development, because we had gone through entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. solo. Mm -hmm. I think if Tara and I had dived into this without spending, you know, the four to six years we had individually building things as entrepreneurs, our partnership might actually have failed and been a lot different. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like going back to your original statement about how it's like the, you know, the marathon ultra hype of personal development, It really is. I have learned so much about my personality, so much about how I work, so much about, you know, me, myself and I that I was not even aware of in the world of pharmacy. It's like pharmacy. I just got to go, you know, clock in, do my job, leave. And then I became an entrepreneur and I have learned, like I said, a lot about myself and, Mm -hmm. you know, good things and bad things about my personality and I feel like I worked through all of those alone so that I could kind of just bring my strengths to the partnership. Mm, I love that. And then I think being that we both really like the Enneagram as well has been helpful because like Natalie's a three wing four and I'm a three wing two. So right there, like that by default tells her like I'm going to be a people pleaser. And um, for me, it tells me that she's going to be super creative and wants to be like, you know, just thinking outside the box. Um, And so just knowing I feel like a lot about that was helpful as well, just because there's things that she doesn't even have to say that I just know is, you know, a trait of three wings fours. Like my obsession over our real covers. Tara knows that I want them to look a certain way and she's just okay with that. I literally am just like, where's, can I have a cover? And she's like, what are you posting about? I'm like, this is what I'm posting about. Um, I feel like that's actually, I would say for me, one of my hardest things in our um, partnership is making sure I don't step on your creativity. Like whenever I'm doing reels and stuff, I'm like, hey, I know you have a vision for this. Like you are the creative in our partnership. Like I'm going to post this, but like, that, that doesn't conflict with anything else you've got going on this week on our reels. You know, like, I feel like that's one of the things I kind of like always check in with her about kind of is like, because creativity is so important to her. Oh, well, Natalie is an entire vibe. Like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. A really great vibe. A great vibe. But yeah. yeah, I could I could totally see that. So obviously with Rural Rooted and the, and the work that you were doing before, you were primarily working with women. Now you're expanded um, to ag producers and, you know, people in agriculture as a whole. What are some of the problems that you're seeing people face and what advice do you offer the people that you work with? Um, With Elevate Ag, obviously our whole goal is helping, you know, producers really understand their ag story and then be able to share it and then ultimately hopefully be able to monetize it as well. And I feel like 
for a lot of the people we talk about, they have really great ideas. They need to like work through them. They need to figure out what it looks like. What is, you know, a lot of people are just like kind of afraid to start. The big foundation for Elevate Ag was that we all go to these conferences or different things and people are constantly bombarding producers, farmers, ranchers with share your story, share your story. And you're like, okay, yes, I can do that. But then you're like, but what does that actually look like? Like, what do I actually do? Um, And so for a lot of our students, it's just kind of like being like getting them to take that initial leap of faith, picking Mm -hmm. what platforms they want to be on, like just those very initial moments of giving the confidence and the boost to really know that they have an important message to share and that they can do this. Yeah, no, I would definitely echo that. I think the biggest roadblock we see on the Elevate side from those individuals would be the getting started confidence component. And also I think uh, like scarcity, I miss the boat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I start sharing now? Why would I start a business now? Uh, you know, it's too late. Everyone's doing it. it the market's filled, uh, which is just absolutely not true. And so I feel like those are the two things we're like kind of working through most. We obviously give like a ton of tips and tricks and information and, you know, there's modules and modules of like how to's, but I feel like at the root of it, it's really just like getting people started. I mean, Emily, I feel like you could probably speak to that a lot. I feel like that was like a lot of our conversations with you at the very beginning was you being like, I think I want to speak and being like, okay, then you get to be a speaker. You're a speaker. Like now you just need to, we need to find you some gigs. Like, let's do this. It's so true. I'll have people ask me like, how do I get into speaking? I'm like, I really don't know. You kind of just say you do it. And somehow someone asks you to be there and then you share a picture of you being on stage and then more people ask. Like, Mm -hmm. it really is so much of you just deciding what you actually want, declaring it and then fully stepping into it. Like, that sounds so simple. I do think we like to overcomplicate entrepreneurship. Like we just Mm -hmm. like to make it way harder than it has to be, you know, whether whatever that avenue is, whether I want to do brand partnerships, whether I want to do speaking, whether I want to start a business, whether I want to do direct to consumer, like whatever, you know, you want to be a motivational speaker, a health coach, like whatever it is. I feel like we, I don't know, humans like to overcomplicate it. And it's like our ego probably putting up roadblocks to keep us safe and a whole bunch of stuff we could dive into. But I don't know. It's like at a core, it's like, okay, well, it's really simple. You know, like you said, you just say you're speaking, you're looking for a speaker, you know, a place yeah. to speak or you pitch yourself and then you say yes. And like, you're, that's what makes you a speaker. You spoke like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think so often we get really clouded by watching what everyone else is doing, especially seeing when they're at year two or four or eight and being like, oh gosh, I'm never going to get there. And it's like, well, no, if you don't start, you won't. But your tomorrow is not going to look like where they're at because they've got they've got years. But that doesn't mean that what you have to offer isn't valid and that you can't just jump in. The podcast for me has been very humbling in that way because it was starting over for us Mm -hmm. um, very much. So we're very new to the podcasting space. We're, you know, just a smaller podcast in the sea of podcast fish. And Mm so I you know, I, it feels like I'm back to when I first started on Instagram where I'm like looking at these huge Instagram accounts and now I'm looking at these huge podcasting accounts and I'm like obsessing over like, okay, how did they get there? What did they do? And it has been a long time since I've been in that position again. You know, when I was sharing individually, I feel like I had like hit my flow. Like I had it all figured out. I had been doing it for four years, you know? And so it has been, it's exciting to be back at the beginning stages of like what the possibility is and to grow something, but it has been like humbling and, you know, a good reminder to be like, okay, yeah, you're at the beginning again. You're, it's like a slow card grind to build something, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, I always say that like 
you know, what we share and what we do online is really simple, but it's not easy. And I think the podcast has reminded me of that. Like it's simple to grow one, you know, here's the steps you do and what you have to do, but like girls, you're going to have to work really hard at it. And so it's been, I don't know. It's like, it's just, we're back at the beginning again. Yeah. And speaking of Instagram, for both of you who have been successfully sharing online for a while, the platform really is changing. So how are you navigating? <laughs> Natalie really just like <laughs> eyes rolled into the back of her head. This is a hot topic for Natalie. I know. But honestly, like, and you can you can tell me if, if your perspective is different, but what worked on the app three or four years ago is not to my knowledge, not that I am a professional by any means, but it's not necessarily what's landing right now. So what changes have you personally experienced and how are you navigating? I don't necessarily want to say keeping up with that, but adapting what you're doing creatively to meet the demands of what's basically becoming a new platform. Yeah, I feel like I um, am definitely in a love-hate relationship with Instagram. I feel like I have gotten less focused on growth and just being like, okay, I have built this platform. I'm comfortable with where I'm at. I'm getting speaking engagements, which is truly what I want to do. I've been a lot less focused on brand partnerships in 2022 and more focused on speaking. So kind of just like, I don't want to say like chugging away, but just being like, I'm happy with the people that are following me with the content I'm creating and trying not to get trapped in like the vanity metrics of Instagram because they just aren't that they're just not there for me in the same way. And then trying to branch out in, um, I've been putting a lot of time, um, into my Facebook platform. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband has actually joined me on that platform and then a lot of time onto Instagram. And so I've just kind of like been pivoting and giving myself grace. I don't think I've posted a reel. I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud in a week on Instagram. And, I'm like, that's okay. I posted a ton of great content on Instagram or on LinkedIn and Facebook. Like mm -hmm. you can only generate so much really great content and I'm just finding more value on other platforms right now. And obviously the podcast, our podcast as well. So kind of allowing my, like giving myself grace, I guess, on the Instagram platform as it's not the same Instagram. Like I grew my business on. Right. Right. Yeah. It has changed so much, especially from when I started. And that's one of the actually the most challenging things about Rural Rooted because there was like a social media component to it that I feel like the whole first year I could kind of teach the same thing. It was like strategy and I had it like almost down to a science, like the app to me was science. And now it's like not science anymore. I feel like <laughs> the way I grew and the the strategy and the understanding of the you know, Instagram app is just really different now. And I almost feel like, you know, going for like, I would have to change how I teach at literally every single rural rooted because it's just changing so quickly and what's mm -hmm. working works and then doesn't work. My advice for people who are like trying to grow on an app or are getting started on an app, I think it really, even more so than what you were, you know, Tar when Tara and I were, joining and growing is really understanding like your big goal, which I know is really hard because part of our advice is like, just be a yes girl and say, yes, that's how you get started. Like you say yes to all these things and then you figure out what you like. But I do feel like that sometimes that can be a detriment because you're chasing so many different things. And like mm -hmm. Tara literally just said, she's like, I'm really focused on speaking. So I'm tailoring my platforms to help me land those speaking gigs. And I feel like it is kind of maybe being a little bit more focused on like the behind the reason, the purpose of the content. Um, before I feel it was like you could create really good content and then you'd get a lot of opportunities. And now I feel like it's almost shifting to like, okay, like reverse engineer it. Like, okay, mm -hmm. what's your outcome that you want? Okay, now create a content strategy around that. But yeah, my heart goes out to everyone who's trying to grow. I mean, Tara and I talk, like she said, we're in constant communication every day. And usually 
one piece of those that you know conversation we have is like a mental struggle we're having with the app. Like we're annoyed, we're frustrated, we're <laughs> like we just we're leaving on my phone out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it's such a different creator space, and I think a lot of creators are trying to figure it out. I also think it's like a circle and an ebb and flow. I feel like the people who can stick it out and grind it out through right now will be rewarded with like a like you made it to the next Mario Brothers level, you know, like and Instagram <laughs> yeah. will like reward you and you'll have a community when other people kind of gave up. Cause I do feel like right now is like uh, the year of, you know, I mean, I feel like, I feel like social media trajectory up and now it's kind of like plateauing and everyone's mm-hmm. like kind of fighting it out and grinding it out. And a lot of people are probably dropping off. Creators are getting frustrated. They're stepping back and taking time. And so if you're one of those creators that like wants to carry forward pretty strongly, just mm-hmm. keep like trialing, figuring it out, like just hang in there. Cause I do think like we'll see a trajectory up again, like once Instagram kind of figures itself out. I do think the advice of creating the content for your goal is so important. Like right now for speaking for me, I'm like, I cannot take on any more speaking. I'm turning them down. So for me to be grinding and grinding on Instagram, like pumping out content, like it's like to what end exactly? Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I want to speak. I cannot take on any more. So obviously the amount I'm creating, I'd rather be creating high quality content, especially on those platforms where I'm getting like you know, speaking engagements like LinkedIn, then just pumping out like mass produced content. And so I really think your content creation on all the platforms has to match your goal and where you're at with like your business. Like if you are in the beginning phases, then you're probably going to be pumping out more content, just trying to get brand awareness, like awareness around whatever it is that you're doing. And then, you know, changing that. You know how I feel about New Year's resolutions, but hey, if you're looking for a tool to help keep you accountable to the habits that make you feel your best, do I have a solution for you? My You Do You 82 Challenge has helped thousands of women intentionally build and break habits all while embracing the sustainable mindset of progress over perfection. You can find more information and the link to my free Journey Through You Do You 82 workbook and habit trackers in today's show notes. So you mentioned briefly the docu-series. What else is next? Or is the docu-series the focus for 2023? Is there anything else on the horizon? I feel like the podcast and the docu-series for both of us is a big focus. Um, The docu-series, we literally on Monday of last week uh, finished the last filming for our pilot episode. And we, I think we're going to get something back very, very soon. I talked to our production team um, mid last week. And so once we get that back, that edited content back, it will be definitely a focus. Like I feel like right now, I mean, it was really grinding in September when we were filming, like full on filming. We've been kind of catching some last minute things. And then now it's been kind of in the editing phase for a while, which is not in our hands. It's in like the production team. So when we get that back, it'll be like back kind of like I always think like the ball who whose court is the ball in, you know, and it's, it'll be back in our court to be like getting it out there, sharing it. Um, so I think 2023, I'm excited for it. Yeah, Tara. I mean, Tara nailed on that. We're both really, really focused in the podcast space. We love the podcast. We really want to, you know, dive into that. I'm obsessed with that platform. I do think, you know, going back to the other conversation, I think that's been something that's been able to like save kind of my mental headspace is mm-hmm. knowing that my goals and kind of like Tara said, like 
my goals on the Instagram app have kind of been met a little bit. I'm still a little bit probably unhealthily obsessed with growing in a way that Tara, I can admit that with growing the way that Tara is, isn't. And so I do, I, and it, I just, I love to create content. I, I couldn't go throughout the day without seeing like 10 different pieces of content. I'm like, Oh, should I create that? Create that. It's just the way my brain works. So I'll always be present on that app, but I know that I've kind of like my big future goals of the podcast and the docuseries just, you know, don't align on there. And so I think that's been like, again, going back to answer your old question, it's like help save my mental space. But yeah, I love the podcasting space. That's kind of what we're, we're diving into for 2023. Yeah. Speaking of creating content throughout the day, that made me think of both of you sharing at Real Rooted, just what it looks like for each of you to be doing what you're doing alongside family life and like balancing uh, like the privacy of your kids and where you're allocating your time and how you're on your phone or when you're working. I would love if you, if you could speak into what that looks like for you now. Oh, that's such a good question. It's like a tough one to answer because I do feel like it, it changes daily. Um, and yearly. This is the first year where my, both my girls are in school most of the week. My youngest still is home sometimes. And so my sharing with home life looks a lot different. Like I basically now have from eight to three without children. And those are obviously my prime working hours. So I've ended up sharing. I have probably shared my kids and my stories like almost zero lately because I just am creating my content. I'm doing my day-to-day work when they're not with me. And that looks so different than when I had little ones, like, you know, not school-aged kids where they were in all my content because they were literally with me a lot of time of the day. Um, and so I do, I'm like really, I'm sometimes I miss them in my content, but I overall am glad that there is less of a focus on them now than Mm -hmm. there used to be. Yeah. I, so Jax goes to preschool now, which has been like helpful from like a working standpoint and Rue goes to our neighbors a couple days. So there's usually two, sometimes three days a week that I don't have kids, which is really nice and been extremely helpful. Tara and I will batch like podcasts, whether it's recording our own or being a guest on other people's like kind of on those days, which is a tip for anyone listening, like batch your work days. If you know you have a kidnapping, batch it during those hours. If you know you, you could get a sitter one day, batch all of your work on that one day, whether that's like content creation or backend stuff. I, and this kind of almost maybe goes back to your original question too of like shifts I'm making in 2022 versus 2023 because I do feel like I have one place I've really and maybe other people haven't noticed or maybe people have I'm not sure but I used to show up in stories a lot like it was a itch I always had to scratch was like storying Mm -hmm. and with just everything we else have we going on especially with the podcast because there is a lot of back end for it. I just don't story as much anymore. And again, at the first, it was kind of made me like, oh, I need it. Like, normally I have a story up by now. Normally I'm out showing with Luke. Like, I think it's just been a shift for me. But I had to sit down and really assess like what's serving me well is bringing my community along all day or having more content to choose from. A lot of times I would story more and then only put up like what I wanted to out of that versus, you know, how do, how am I wanting to spend my time? And so I feel like in 2023, I'm being really more intentional about like, okay, here's the places I really want to grow. Here's how I need to show up and serve them. And maybe I don't have to like show up in, on other platforms or other ways as needed. And so I don't know, my content creation has changed a little bit, I guess, mostly in my eyes and storing. I still show up a lot in my feed with reels. And we actually outsource some of our like newsletters and things like that, which has been really helpful. And, but it's been interesting to shift away from like, personal stuff to diving more into like uh, 
content we're creating together, which is mostly the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. On the topic of outsourcing, what advice would you give for someone who is building an online business or really any business and how outsourcing has made it possible for you to do what you're doing now? Oh, I think outsourcing has made it so possible to grow our businesses faster, like our individual businesses and our um, combined businesses. I think there would have been times that I have, I know personally, I have hit a few walls where it's like, I literally cannot do more. I don't have time to learn and specialize in this skill. And outsourcing allowed me to free up some of my time while actually having someone who was better at that job do it than I am. So just like a couple examples, I outsourced my bookkeeping. I was like trying, grinding away at trying to figure out QuickBooks and I just was not getting it. I wasn't, I didn't have the time to really invest in it that I needed. And now I'm like, I am just so glad and thankful that I have that time back that I was spending with like doing QuickBooks to be able to do something I would rather do and that would actually like grow my business and that the person doing it is a thousand times better than I ever could have been. Um, Similar with SEO, that was like the next thing I outsourced was hiring someone to help me with SEO, website, newsletter. As Natalie said, it was kind of like a marketing package there. I did not have the time to figure out SEO for my website and really like deep dive in and understand and check up on keywords. And so similar to the bookkeeping, like it's just is so nice to know that someone is doing an incredible job 10 times better than I ever could have done um, and allowing me to have free time to create content that I can't outsource. Like I can't outsource creating content for the podcast or Reels or LinkedIn. Um, and so that has been so nice. Or, you know, outsourcing, especially with um, speaking, I travel a lot for speaking. So I'm off, you know, the farm away from home. And I can't outsource that. So what can I do to have me like have support throughout those times when I'm just so busy? So one of the weird things I do think with like, online entrepreneurship is everyone's under the assumption because social media is free. You should be able to start your business for free. Like I shouldn't have Mm -hmm. to invest any money in it. it shouldn't cost me anything. But that's like, not the way business world works. Like no one gets to open a restaurant and be like, well, I get to start it for free and I don't have to put any investment in it to make it work. And everyone's just going to come eat at my restaurant. You know, like I don't have to put any money into advertising. I don't have to put any money into the graphic design. I don't have to put any money into designing, like whatever those input costs are when we're starting like a brick and mortar or like, you know, any other business in the world besides your online business. But for some reason, everyone's like, I want to share online or I want to do this online or I want to become this, but I shouldn't have to put my, like, what do you mean I have to put money into it? You know? And so I am a big believer in like outsourcing and investing yourself. I mean, even when we started the podcast, Tara and I took, we're in like a mass podcast mastermind right now. Like we invested money into our podcast before our podcast was bringing us money because I think once you do it, Emily, you just realize how much valuable that knowledge is from someone who's ahead of you. Um, And I kind of think of like outsourcing the same way. It's like sometimes you have to spend money to make money. Like Tara said, there's just things that you could spend the hours doing or you could spend, you know, the... X amount of dollars it is to have someone else do it for you and then allocate your business yourself to the way the business will actually bring an ROI. And so it's hard um, to tell someone that's like making no money, like, well, you got to spend a little money or it's okay to invest in that. But I love outsourcing. It's been able, like Tara said, I feel like it's been able to allow our business to grow quicker had we not, if we were trying to carry everything ourselves. Yeah. The only other outsourcing I love to mention since we're all moms is I outsource some things in my house as well. I get my house cleaned. And my housekeeper helps with laundry. And I feel like that is something we do not talk about enough is that sometimes there is just only so much time in the day um, to be a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur. Um, and so I I don't know. I always 
allow myself the permission and get help wherever I need it. Um, whatever works for, you know, me, my family and encourage other women to do the same. Um, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to balance all those roles when it's just not always feasible in certain times of life. So that's just my friendly reminder to moms, wives out there too. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, like it feels easy to maybe get help with your business or maybe it doesn't, but like, why is it so hard to let someone clean? Like I just hired a housekeeper and a million out of a million recommend. Like it's just one less thing I have to think about. The last thing I want to say about outsourcing is if anyone's listening to this and they're looking at someone online, wondering how they're getting it all done, like they're doing so much it's because they're outsourcing. So please keep that in mind. Like I guarantee you, if you are all wondering how some, if someone is doing a lot of things and you're wondering about it, the answer is outsourcing. So give yourself that grace if you are not and stop trying to do everything they are or feel like you need to be doing everything they are um, when you're like a one team show right now. Right. Yeah. But it's, you don't necessarily see that and it, it looks easy and we immediately turn to ourselves and be like, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this and this and this and this? Cause we're also comparing ourselves to 10 people at once. Like, yes. We can't be those true. 10 people at once. Yeah. You never, I have friends that have outsourced, like even now I'm like, you outsource that? Oh, I had no idea someone was doing that for you. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're like my good friends. So just imagine what we don't know about, you know, people we know nothing about, like how they run their business or who's, what their back end looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Tara, um, last thing, but I appreciate that you talked about traveling as a mom, because I know even talking to women who are considering coming to a retreat or maybe who are interested in speaking or going to conferences, a common thing that comes up is the travel or being away from family or, you know, the obligation to be around for X, Y, and Z. So how have you navigated that? Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. Something Natalie and I have been talking actually more than ever about because now Natalie's been traveling more with these conferences as traveling's always kind of been, actually travel's been a part of my life since I got married. Um, The company I worked for before I went out on my own was three hours away. So like this is literally, I've been, I'm like 11 years into traveling for work. But I have to set boundaries. Like I could say yes to twice as many speaking engagements and I just can't. I have to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a great support system. My husband is amazing. This year, thankfully, like as they've gotten older, I've been able to travel a little more and it's gotten like a little bit easier. But I have, yeah, a husband who's amazing. My mom is super supportive. I have always gotten in-home um, help. And I, like, am not, uh, you know, ashamed to admit that. I feel like, again, that's, like, another taboo topic is, like, how are you, you know, child care and different things that we don't talk enough about. Um, and obviously, it's not all perfect. Like, I feel like there is, like, times when it's hard. Like, it's really hard. My little one this morning was like, mom, I do not want you to go out of town again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know I've, it's been, you know, it's been a couple months. And so now that I'm home, I try to really immerse myself back in like our normal life. Like I try to let the days I'm traveling interrupt our lives as little as possible. So like, If the girls, you know, like if we they want to do something else on the weekend, I try not to be like, well, I just got back last night. Like I try to just jump right back into life. It's like, yep, we could, you know, that's fine. Um, I try to get a lot done too when I'm traveling, like get, stay up on email, stay up on all those other things so that when I get back, I'm not playing work catch up. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Like, yeah. 
So I don't know. There's a lot. I don't know. There's so many different directions you could go. I think probably my biggest thing is it's not easy. It's a lot of moving parts with kids and traveling. It's I think it is doable, but I just think you have to have an amazing support system. Like I couldn't do it without a husband who was like fully supportive of me doing this um, and then, you know, help beyond that, too. Yeah, as Tara said, this is something that's newer for my business. And so I am <laughs> like, well, and Luke and I, I would say, not just me, going back to that like communication and support system, um, are really trying to like find, we're like finding our footing and how me being gone works for our family. I think one thing that Tara didn't mention, unless she did and I was distracted because I was taking a selfie of all of us recording. <laughs> um, but I think there's a guilt associated with it. Did she mention mm-hmm. this, Tara? Yeah, I just mentioned that, yeah, when I got back today, okay. uh, Annalise was like, don't leave again. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely a guilt associated with it. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes you put that guilt in there. Like, it, I imagine that guilt that other people are thinking, oh, she's gone again. Or, oh, she like, mm-hmm. you know, and so we kind of create whether the guilt is like there from ourselves or we're like creating guilt from other people. And one thing I have to remind myself if anyone's listening that it experiences that is like a quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. When I worked, you know, at the pharmacy, I was gone you know, two days a week off the ranch. That's 16 hours I was gone. So sometimes I have to remind myself like, yes, I'm gone three days for conference, but that's literally the only three days I'm gone this month. I get to spend 27 other days on the ranch with my family. And if you put that in perspective, like I spent two, four, six, you know, eight days off the ranch every Mm -hmm. single month when I went to work, you know, from eight to five and you have to get the kids up at seven. And now my kids get to sleep in late. And so I think it's really like stepping back and like, looking at the bigger picture instead of getting obsessed in the brushstrokes of like, I was gone for three days and I missed this one event. You know, it's like the quality that you're getting in um, is probably way better. Like just as- assess the quality versus quantity of like the situations. Cause I think that that can be like kind of miscued or like forgotten about a little bit. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that actually, especially as my kids get older and are like able to understand it better, they're eight and five. We actually talk about that. Like I, I'm taking like a week off. Um, mm-hmm. We took the week off after my sister's wedding, and I was like, I get to spend this entire week with you guys because I traveled last week and was at a conference. And yes, next week I'll be at a conference, but like this entire week I had minimal things to do, but just be with you, be really present. And so it was very like, what do you guys want to do? How do we want to make the most of this? And like, Mm -hmm. just be extremely quality time in that week. Um, And I, and so just trying to like, then let go of that, like you said, the guilt we put on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I so resonate with that because when I was working my previous job, it wasn't uncommon for me to have a week where I was gone well into the evening, if not sometimes after bedtime, or I had events on the weekends, like multiple weekends in a row. So now when I think about that compared to, okay, maybe once a month, I am out of town for the weekend. But when I'm home, like I'm home starting, you know, when the kids are done with school onwards. So for me, it's been a lot of just, like you said, putting it into perspective and releasing the need to even have guilt around it. Because like you said, like what I am able to do now does provide us time and opportunity that's different than anything else I've been able to do. And honestly, when Andrew's harvesting, he may as well be in Canada. Like, let's be <laughs> <laughs> There's a trade-off that comes with that. Uh-huh. So I, and speaking of husbands, I will say, I think that my husband, and I think Dan would agree with this, he is so much closer with our kids and has such amazing one-on-one time with them. He goes on one on one. He goes on dates with the girls, takes them out to dinner while I'm out of town. And I I mean, maybe he would do some of that, but like it just makes this their own special time that they have. And when I get back from a trip, I love hearing the things that they've done with my husband and just like they wouldn't get that. And so part of me is like, 
and it, I feel like it'd be selfish for me to be always that like they get to have this really incredible time yeah. that is just theirs. And so I feel like that alleviates for me some of like that mom guilt as well. I totally agree with that. Okay. Final question. Something I ask everyone who comes on the show. What does personal growth mean to you? I think for me, personal growth is always evolving. Like it's something that's never like it, there's never an end point. It's a constant. I think it is also understanding your weaknesses, like being aware of your weaknesses. Maybe you aren't fixing them today. Maybe you're not fixing them tomorrow, but just being self-aware enough to know where it is maybe you're struggling or where it is that you could use help goes a really long way. Like for me, there's a lot of things I could probably work on, but I'm very happy with myself at this point in my life that I'm aware of those and that mm-hmm. I'm at least working, like, you know, itching away at a, something every day, every month, every year, just trying to like move the needle a little bit more in like self-growth. Yeah, I think there's, I don't know the statistics, I wish I did, but I think there's some pretty powerful statistics in like the, it, when you're investing into changes, it's a very small percentage that actually moves the needle a very large percentage. And mm-hmm. so like Tara said, when I think of personal development, I think of really little things I can do every single day to just be better. Like, is it to wake up consistently? Is it to make my bed? Is it to take vitamins? Like what little thing I kind of am the person that is a little bit more strategic. Like I try and pick one thing a month I want to do a personal development around. And then I try and stick with that one thing that month. Hopefully it's a habit by the end of the 30 days. And then I can add something new in the next month. But I think personal development, like, I don't know, as basic as it sounds, I think it, like Tara said, it's just about choosing to better yourself every day in little way. It's not like personal development isn't this big grand thing. It's, it's really mm-hmm. built on like small things that compound. Love that so much. Well, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk to you both today. And if someone is not yet connected to you, where would you like to direct them? You can find us online, our podcast at discoverag underscore. Um, we share, I think it's a really fun page where we both really enjoy sharing content over there and have some fun things that we put out each week. So head over there and find us um, individually. You can find me at Tara Vanderdusen. I'm at Natalie Kavoric. And then our podcast name is Discover Ag. So for anyone who's listening that likes podcasts, you can check us out there. Um, and yeah, thanks for having us on, Emily. It's been, I feel like I was like looking at the time. I was like, well, I can't. I was just getting started. Like it's been a while since I've <laughs> talked like, you know, female entrepreneurship and business and life. And it's, it's fun. It's in, I think it's important to have these conversations and surround yourself with them. So for anyone listening who doesn't have someone in your everyday life that you can have these conversations with, I'm glad you're here tuning in to Emily because um, if you can't have them in your real life, find them online where you can immerse mm-hmm. yourself in the conversations other people are having. Cause it's just really important to surround yourself with this conversation. If you are a woman Um, trying to build something, I think. Absolutely. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.